0: Well, there's nothing like getting a great night's sleep, and I get that with my Sleep Number bed. And my friends at Sleep Number have introduced the most amazing bed ever. It's the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed designed to keep each of you extremely comfortable for your best possible sleep. And like all their beds, Sleep Number 360 smart beds let you choose your ideal firmness and support on each side of the bed. Now with new responsive air technology, the bed senses your every move. My sleep number setting is 90. My sleep IQ score last night was 82. And it's time you meet the bed that could only come from sleep number, the 360 smart bed, and that's the only place you'll find it. Now's a great time to come in during their lowest prices of the season where you can save $500 to $700 on their most popular 2016 beds. Visit any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Call 1-800-390-9100 or visit SleepNumber.com to find a Sleep Number store near you. And be sure to tell them George Norrie sent you.
1: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
0: Nick, so much has changed over the last couple of years. Climate change... Uh, chemtrails, so many other things. You've been concentrating a lot on controlling the human mind. Tell, right. us, tell us why.
1: Well, you know, this this particular area always always fascinated me. And if you think about the backstory and virtually everything I've covered, the idea of what the mind can do and what's possible, um, you know, it was sort of the way I began this work. You know, it was studying um, the ideas of, of what you could do uh, to stimulate the brain, stimulate the mind. And 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 then, of course, that leads to the whole question of consciousness and what is that. And, um, you know, and then we got into the harp story, which really got me thinking about, you know, the, the more uh, sinister kind of side effects. And then that took me back to where I started, which is the study of the, uh, of the human mind and the possibilities. And that became um, the book, Controlling the Human Mind, which you had mentioned. And and that really began some of my work with the uh, Lay Institute and the conference you re- you referenced in 2007, now 10 years ago, really pointed to... Seems directly-
0: like yesterday.
1: I know, I know. Wow. It sure does. And, and a lot of the guys that were at that conference, in fact, are no longer alive because they were all senior scientists mm-hmm. in the field. Um, but I can tell you the thing that came out of that, that was the most um, startling to me, and yet really refocused my work 10 years ago, although I haven't really talked a lot about it. And that was that the consensus in the room of these world experts was that the next leap, the next evolutionary leap, if you want to call it that, or the next awakening, if you want to call it that, is the realization that we will uh, perceive what we used to call extrasensory perceptions and now is referred to as a anomalous human capabilities and that kind of was the the backdrop you know i haven't written anything in a number of years and the reason is uh, you really have something to say and this this became more of a deeper focus for me personally in terms of interpreting what that means and then thinking about how does that manifest in the world? And then the question that was always asked to me, what do we do about all this stuff? And this gets me to the place that I am, I am now in terms of what I really think I have to say and what the military and government found out about mind effects through 70 years of their work in this
0: field. What's the motivation for mind control? What's, what's the end game here?
1: Um, you know, I think, I, I think what was discovered is it kind of lends itself to this, because what was discovered, and remember, these were highly classified projects, and what little we know about them, um, they, they constituted abuse, primarily by the Central Intelligence Agency that was using unwitting uh, human experimental victims. You know, later, Secretary of Energy O'Leary, during the Clinton administration, acknowledged that. You know, a half a million people had been involved in various kinds of human experiments, including the mind control experiments. In 2006, uh, the Navy inter- introduced a new protocol where they even call out mind control it has to be approved at, at the undersecretary level of the Navy. Uh, but you can see it. I mean, that stuff is on my website. The Navy protocol is right there. You can see the wording precisely. But what they discovered is not just about controlling people which is always what sort of everyone kind of defaults to because that was what the message was coming out um, was about that but what they discovered was this underlying capability that we all have at and it's a question of remembering or awakening however you want to look at that for these things to manifest and i think that really scared the hell uh... out of these guys because if even a few people demonstrated these capabilities in an in an overt way, it would l- literally rift the veil off of the secrecy syndrome that has caused so many of the problems that we see across the world today, and not just in our country. Were around.
0: they concerned that there was going to be an individual who would bust this loose and do all kinds of heinous things with it?
1: Well, I think um, more concern was that the general population might actually awaken to their possibilities, which is, in fact, I think, uh, fundamentally our birthright as created human beings. But the point of the matter is, if that happened, the veil would be ripped out. I mean, you would see not violent revolution, I don't believe, but you would see definite evolution and revolution within the population. And the simplest method, the absolute simplest method for keeping that from happening is you just have to keep the general population in a constant state of agitation and turmoil and, and fear and turmoil. Yeah. Because what happens is, if you look at the brain under an under a, a EEG and you look at the activity of the brain experiencing various emotions, whether it be a love and empathy and compassion, and when you're experiencing those, interestingly enough, you get these very rhythmic. Brain patterns associated with higher order thinking, and in some cases, associated um, these slower rhythmic uh, brain patterns with altered states of awareness, where sort of the real wild stuff happens. These anomalous human capabilities seem to manifest within these slower ranges. Of frequency, but when you experience anxiety and fear, I mean, just think of what's thrown at you through the television. In the first, oh my God! Time. Just you know, driving
0: gets you upset,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, from driving to getting up in the morning to the noise factor. I mean, just to the energy around you. For, for goodness' sake, the energy around you in the United States is sixty hertz, sixty pulses per second—an agitating state. And you notice, and I've said it on your program before, uh, when the lights go out and the power fails. Everybody gets this sense of how quiet it is. And the second thing everyone realizes, your whole body kind of relaxes as you let go of this constant mediation. It's like background noise in a crowded room. You ignore everything around you and all that noise, and you have your conversation. This is the background noise in the way of our consciousness, this kind of energetic agitation. And it's as simple as that. I mean, so from a standpoint of what do you need to do, not a whole lot just emphasize the bad news keep people i mean even commercials think about how much of them are talking about how you smell what your breath is like you know i mean all these things or medication nowadays is you know what all these things you need to worry about and that is as simple as it is and it's shaking that off sort of separating yourself from it and i think about The electronics in terms of, you know, this is a big part of the work I've been doing for the last, now, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And as I look back um, on my public work over the last 22, it comes back to these very same underlying themes. How do we awaken our higher possibilities? Because through those higher possibilities, that's where the safety net is. That's where the solutions are. That's what changes uh, the way we see the world, which, incidentally, has been my company's slogan from the very beginning. You know, my activity was, you know, changing the way we see the world. And I think it's through knowledge uh, that we gain some wisdom that leads us to truth. And ultimately, that truth is felt when it's spoken clearly by everyone. It rings. It, it, It just somehow connects with us on a fundamental level. And when I think about what's possible, and and i and, and when i look into a person's eyes what i always see is a possibility the highest possibility and it, you know i it, it, it's something i recognized um actually when i was 52 that i do that what took time. you so long <laughs> i know i thought everybody did this is what my my real shock was at 52 i'm recognizing that I look in everyone's eyes, I don't see, I mean, I see the body, I see the outside, obviously, but I see a perfect human being and what their possibilities are. And as a person, I kind of draw that out of people. And I thought everybody perceived each other in this way. And the the shock... At 52, I mean, it's like breathing, right? If you're breathing, you know, you really don't talk to everybody about breathing unless you live in Beijing, and you can't. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. So, or,
0: or North Korea.
1: Right. And I thought everybody perceived each other this way, only to find out, no, that isn't the way it is. Um, and, and to me, at 52, and I'm 58 now, 52, six years ago, I'm going, how can you live? How can you go through life? and not perceive another living soul in this way. And that's, that was the beginning of a real awakening for me as I walked through a whole lot of experience over the last six years and, and recognized that the solution is, is this. If we see each other in that way, if we recognize uh, the divinity, literally the divinity in each other, and not just their humanity, then we have an opportunity to really change the way things are because we become less defensive. We recognize ourselves in another another person. And just the way we approach conversation changes. We become curious. We become interested. We listen more carefully to what's being said to us. And instead of immediately debating, we try to draw out sort of the knowledge. And in that interaction, something changes and it's how how we perceive each other is i think the first step in really changing a system and a and a way of being if you think about it in the way human beings interact with each other it's combative it's conflicting but it shouldn't be it should be a recognition mm. of the sameness within each of us and ultimately when i think of government you know what they start discovering that you know mental telepathy as an example there's a number of examples i hope we get to tonight but when, when government figured out that, hey, people can actually do this, right? And, and I had an experience.
0: Did they panic?
1: Well, I think so, because, you know, it kind of takes the veil off of security systems. You can't stop it, right?
0: That's I right. I mean,
1: this is a big problem. And people who are doing the kinds of things uh, that are going on in the world – I mean, because, like right now, there's a lot of turmoil pointing at the Russians. I do a lot of work in Russia. I know a lot about Russia – but the pointing at the russians for hacking maybe the dnc and let's say they did but you know the united states has hacked every one of our allies even merkel's cell phone at one point had to apologize under the obama administration that's right we've yeah, interfered with that. every election in the world for the last 70 years we've interfered and infiltrated every political party both domestically and foreign we've done a lot of other things that are very dark you know, remember Extraordinary Rendition, which is just kidnapping. Oh, my God.
0: Torture. We are, and they are, all trying to take each other's power grids down right. uh, by trying to hack into it.
1: Right. And and, and all of us are involved, and in when I say us, I'm talking about our governments around the world, at figuring this stuff out. Because, but it's, what is it driven by? It's driven by fear, <laughs> you know, which does not lend itself. And if you look at brain activity and fear, you get incoherent brain patterns, that tend to take us in the flight-or-fight response, which is the wrong place to be. And so even in the way we approach each other internationally, it lends itself to this. Now, is it going to change overnight? No. But it could. But it could if people, not a lot of people, just a few, begin to awaken to their higher possibilities and begin to act in a different way and that is somewhat contagious. And and I'll tell you, I I was in a, several conversations in the last year that were very interesting. I had a conversation with a rabbi in uh, er, earlier this year, and mm-hmm. I'm not Jewish, but we were in this conversation, and the guy was a, an older gentleman, and he's condemning himself, right? He's talking about you know, just just really being hard on himself. And I
0: said the rabbi hey. was.
1: I said, hey. Huh. Are you created in the image and likeness of God? Do you believe that? It's in your book. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah, I believe it. Then why are you condemning yourself? That sounds like blasphemy to me. (laughs) And that began a 12-hour conversation that was quite interesting. And it certainly changed him. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more.